Welcome to Drifted Podcast with Justin Kane. I'm your host and I welcome you today as you continue your journey of walking free from religion and functional Christianity into a relationship with God, one that is full of joy, discovery, and grace. Enjoy today's episode. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing this morning? Happy Palm Sunday. This is a significant day, and I pray that the words that I will speak to you this morning, that I'll be able to convey the heart of what this day truly means. Oftentimes, it's very easy as we're focused on what's going to happen in seven days. Uh, Jesus is going to be resurrected, and we're going to celebrate Easter Um, But we often overlook, or I know I have a tendency to overlook the importance of Palm Sunday and actually how it plays a significant role in who we are as believers and how we walk this thing out each and every day. And I ask the Holy Spirit that he will just help me to minister and he will be able to speak and translate my words into your heart and into your context. We're starting a series today, and we're going to dive more into it next week called It Is Finished. It's three words that Jesus, while he was on the cross, he spoke these words, it is finished. They're significant words, and we're going to learn a lot more about it next week, about what that truly means and how to walk in a life with those three words actually permeating every aspect of your life. But today we remember and we celebrate what is known as Palm Sunday. I want you to picture with me just for a moment. This is where the people of God, the Jewish people, were going to celebrate the Passover. And now over 2 million people, it's estimated 2 million people were coming to this celebration. I want you to think about that for a moment. 2 million people. So the energy was extremely high. There is a high expectation. There is a, it's it's a jubilation. It was a party-like atmosphere because of what they were celebrating. It wasn't a somber moment. It was one of great jubilation. And so they had this expectation, and this is what the people of God, and I want you to put yourself in their shoes for a moment because they knew who Jesus was. They knew that he was a promised Savior and Messiah that was to come. But they believed something that was not true. They believed that Jesus, in just a few moments, was going to be their king. And that he was going to deliver them from the rule of the Roman Empire. Now, I want you to see that. Now, Jesus came here with a mission. Amen? We all know, looking back, we know the scriptures. We know that he came to die for mankind. But he believed he came to say, your king is here. I'm ready to take my throne. And little did they know their whole script was going to be flipped upside down. So in their mind, they were like, finally, we are going to be delivered. Just like the people in the days of Pharaoh, they were under the Pharaoh rule and they were waiting for their savior and Moses came and delivered them and they were set free. Same thing here. They're like, finally, someone like Moses, but greater is now here and we are going to be set free from the rule and the reign of the Roman Empire. 
No longer are we going to be the second-class citizens. We are now going to be on top. And isn't it true sometimes, I want you to hear these words for just a moment, isn't it true sometimes that what we want from Jesus, what we expect from Jesus, what we're asking from Jesus is not what he actually has intended for our life? That sometimes our prayers are change this, fix this, fix them, uh, just kind of get rid of this. Lord, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And Jesus has a little bit different intention with all the things that are, we're going through. Are you following me? And Jesus has a plan. God the Father has a plan. And so Jesus, and I want you to realize about Jesus for a moment, is that for his entire ministry, he always said, please don't go tell others about this. Please don't make me popular. Please don't make me famous. He was constantly pushing away recognition and celebration. And as he did that, of course, the crowd just continued to get bigger and larger and larger and larger. But he knew that these people were expecting something different. And so as he's about to now ride in and ride in on a donkey, these things are extremely significant he is doing it for one purpose alone because it's obedience to his father. Jesus is not going, oh man, I finally made it. This is my day to shine. I am going to be celebrated like no other. Everybody is going to know finally who I really am. No, that's not, that was never the intent and never the motive of Christ. And the same should be true for his followers and those who are his sons and daughters. No, Jesus was going because he knew in seven days, his purpose here on earth was about to be completely fulfilled. I want you to listen to this report. This is historically something that is very true. There was an arrest and a warrant that was put out there for Jesus. They went all the way back to the Talmud and they began to look at who at that time was a warrant for and they found in the documents, this is wild, listen to what it says. This was the warrant that was for or against Jesus at that time. It said, wanted. You can put this on the screen right there. Heshua Hanasri. And that is known as Jesus Christ back then. That's what they labeled him as. He shall be stoned because he has practiced sorcery and he has enticed Israel to apostasy. Anyone who can say anything in his favor, let him come forward and plead on his behalf. And anyone who knows where he is, let him declare it to the great Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. I want you to think for a moment. One, you know in just seven days you're about to be crucified. Two, you know there's a warrant for your arrest. So the moment you make yourself public is the moment that this goes into play. They had no clue where Jesus was. Oftentimes, they would try to capture him, and that guy would disappear because he knew only until the moment came was God going to deliver him into the hands of the Pharisees and to the Roman Empire. And so he got on this donkey, and he did this out of sheer obedience to the Father. And as I begin to think about this story, and as we begin to dive into what Palm Sunday really is, I begin to look at my own life and go, obedience is not always easy. Obedience does not always have a path of flowers and roses. Obedience doesn't always mean that everything is going to work out the way that you want it to. 
And so if I just kind of tell you that you get Jesus and life is better, no, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus chose to be obedient regardless of the cost because he knew of the, the fruit that would come from it. And as I looked at my own life, and maybe you can look at your own, your own personal life, is realize, where do I need to walk in obedience? Because those steps of obedience are scary. Please, Jesus was just like us. He had the emotions of us. So when he got in that donkey, although they were celebrating, he knew, one, they were celebrating for the wrong reason, and two, he was just moments away from going through probably the worst death that anybody could go through. But he went anyways. And he is our prime example. He is someone that we can look to and go, obedience is always worth it. Obedience is always worth it, even when it's hard, even when the pressure seems so great and that you're, you, you know that if I just back up a little bit, maybe the pressure won't be as hard. But Jesus showed us, and aren't you grateful that Jesus obeyed? Aren't you grateful that Jesus actually took those steps, every single step the Father had asked of him, he took it for you and for I. Would you please look in your Bibles or on your phones to John chapter 12. We're going to start at verse number 12. John chapter 12, verse number 12. This is John's depiction of what happened on this morning. You'll find it in different Gospels. You'll find different understandings of what took place. But we're going to look at what John had mentioned. It said, the next day a great multitude... So again, picture with me over 2 million, 2.5 million coming to this small town. They had come to the feast. And when they had heard that Jesus was coming, or when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, so their expectation, their anticipation is like, gosh, this is it. I mean, everybody's talking, everybody's like probably high-fiving each other, chest-pumping each other, like this is finally it. We are finally done with being second class. So they took palm branches, and they went out to meet him, and they cried out these words, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and they declared, King of Israel. Now there's something very significant, go back Jackson, there's something very significant about these branches, I want to read this to you. This was like a royal carpet, you know, so when a king would come, you would ray out, just like at Hollywood, they had the red carpet treatment. This is to like help or begin to present royalty to what they're expecting. And they made them out of these palm branches, and these were a symbol of victory and triumph. In a common context, they were waved triumphantly as a king rode through the streets. This was not uncommon for people to do. Palm Sunday was a day of welcoming Jesus as a great conqueror and an almighty deliverer, but not from their sins, but from the Roman Empire. Now catch this, because they believed, oh my gosh, he is coming. We are now going to, just like if a king came back from a, conquering a battle, we are going to now adore him. We're going to salute him. We're going to honor him because he's coming to deliver us. But they had no clue about their sin. Like that was even part of their picture. They're like, we are his people. He is coming. 
and now he is going to set us free. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when somebody does not know Christ, at the end of the day, they have to look at themselves and say, okay, why did Jesus die? He died for our sin. That word Hosanna, it means to deliver or to save us now. This is what they're declaring. It's used as a cry of acclamation and adoration. They wanted to be free, finally, from the ruling hand of Rome, their difficult circumstances, and now be the number one people of the earth all over again. They wanted to get back to a place where they felt like life would be better. And again, I had to examine myself with that and realize, at what point do I begin to adore and salute and pursue after God? Is it just simply to make my life better? Or is it because, God, I want your will inside my life. I want to walk this thing out with you because I know there's a dying world outside of these four walls. That people every single day are dying without knowing who Christ is. They're dying without hearing the message of the cross, without hearing that Jesus died for them, that God is a good father who loves them immensely and relentlessly is pursuing them. And we have that opportunity every single day. I pass by so many people that either I'm afraid to talk to or that I am just indifferent to talk to. And it breaks my heart often when I examine myself and realize, Justin, may God give you consistently a heart of compassion for people to know that they need a Savior because He came to die for every single one of us. Look at verse 14. It said, then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, extremely significant, he sat on it as it is written. Now, this was written in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, thousands of years before this event took place. And it said these words, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Can you imagine the people of God who knew this prophecy? They're like, Yes, this is it. Look at he's on a donkey. This is Jesus. He's done miracles. Finally, our day is here. I want to read from Zechariah verse nine, uh, chapter 9, verse 9. It says this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I truly believe this, that that colt or donkey is very significant. The true concept of Christ was symbolized by the riding on a donkey. Now realize when a king had conquered in a battle, when he was coming to be celebrated, guess what he was riding on? A stallion. He was riding on a horse. He was riding on one of a picture of victory, and I have just conquered. But what did Jesus choose? A lowly donkey. What do you do with donkeys? They actually carried the burden of something, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. That their service was to place things upon them, and they would carry the heavy load that the people could not carry themselves. And when they entered a city in peace, that's what they rode on. So anytime a king would come back from a, a victory, he would come on a 